0: We're in the, the middle of our vision series, real life, real love, real purpose. And you can only find real life, real love, and real purpose, or have real life, real love, and real purpose in Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, kind of our theme scripture for this series is John chapter 10, verse 10 The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, thank God he said it, I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the life that we have in Christ. We thank you for your word that you have given us and your spirit whom you have sent to live inside of us, that he teaches us, that he leads us, that he guides us, that he takes all of the stuff that is yours and makes it real to us. Holy Spirit, we say, have your way in this place today. Teach us, lead us, guide us. We believe that you're doing everything in us that Jesus said that you would. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus kind of gave you like almost a life verse when he said the thief... uh, He only comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So when you look at your life and you're wondering, like, uh, why is this happening? What is going on? Uh, What is all of this? Ask yourself, does it fit into the category of theft or killing or something being destroyed? Because a lot of times, um, well, most of the time, the devil will lie And he's trying to get us to believe that the Lord is the one that's holding something back from us, that the Lord is the one that's against us when he's actually the one that is against us. And he tries to say, like, well, you know, the reason that happened is because God is trying to teach you a lesson. And there is no truth in him. And so the reason he is here is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's not your friend. Uh, You shouldn't cozy up with him. And you shouldn't cozy up with uh, anything that actually goes contrary to the Word of God. Because you can get something that seems contrary to the Word of God at the moment. And at the moment, it may seem well to a man. But over the long run, if you're going to have the best this life has to offer, then you're going to have to do it God's way. And when I say this life has to offer, the, the best way that you can live this life is to have a new life come on the inside of you that is not of yourself and is not from the world. And the only way that we have a new life is through Jesus Christ. Remember uh, the Pharisee, Nicodemus, came to Jesus, and he came at night, apparently probably because he was a Pharisee, and he's like, you know, uh, how can you enter the kingdom of heaven? He's like, Jesus said, you must be born again. And he said, what do you mean? I have to go like a second time into my mother's womb, Right? So probably if I had been there, that's what I would have said, because that's how my mind thinks. I'm like, wait a second. And then you're like trying to be like, this does not fit, you know, back in mom. Right? And um, he said, no, 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 no. Uh, You have to be, uh, the margin of the Bible says, born from above. In other words, you have to be rebirthed. So you have to have a new life on the inside of you. And this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, This is the whole reason I have come. I have come for such a time as this. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Well, what is life? Well, life there is the Greek word zoe, and it literally means the life and the nature of God or the same kind of life that God himself lives from. In other words, the same source of life that gives God life is what zoe is, is what life is. And Jesus said, my will is that you have this and you have it in abundance. Well, what is this source of life? What sustains God himself? Well, God himself is the source of life. And so God himself, uh, you know, in Revelation 22, we learn in the word of God that in heaven... There is a throne, and from that throne flows this river, and it's full of power. And the name of the river is called life. Same word, zoe. So emanating from the very seat of God himself, from the seat of power and authority, um, from really the center of all existence, comes life. But this life cannot be received without receiving Jesus Christ. In other words, uh, we've talked about it a few of the weeks, and um, in the beginning, God created the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything's in them, and once he finished all of this, then he created mankind. Um, Male and female created he them in the likeness and image of God, and then he said, you know, keep it, guard it, take dominion, um, but there's one thing, don't mess with that tree. I'm paraphrasing. So what's the one thing that mankind did? The devil came and tempted Eve and said, you know, uh, did God really say that? And then he actually twisted. Either Eve said something wrong or he twisted Eve's words. I have a tendency to believe he twisted Eve's words and said, "Uh, the Lord knows when you do that that you'll be just like him and that you'll have this and you'll have that, you know, and... And um, the devil, when he shows up in your life, he doesn't really show up most of the time. Uh, He's never really shown up like this in my life, Uh, you know, with a pitchfork and horns and, you know, know, just really evil looking. Um, He masquerades, the Bible actually tells us, as an angel of light. Well, what is an angel of light? Well, it's a messenger of well, this is good for you, and this is the way you should go. And that's exactly the way uh, he treated Adam and Eve. And he got Adam and Eve to believe what he said more than what God said. Anytime the devil can do that with you, he will win. Because what happened? Well, yeah, God said that. You're right. He starts to, uh, he starts to impugn the motives of God. Well, God just doesn't want you to be like him. He, know, he knows that then you'll be like Him. And so He doesn't want you to do that. In other words, He doesn't want your best. Don't you think you should really enjoy the things of this life? Shouldn't you just like flesh out and do whatever you want to do? Because, you know, that's going to be... You know, the Lord just is trying to be an old stuffy fuddy-duddy. You know, He just doesn't want you to... Do, he just doesn't want you to... Sorry, at a, the church I used to work at in Michigan, they went through this uh, The Grinch play every year, and I think they said fuddy-duddy. And so I, I worked in media. And so you'd see this thing like rehearsal after rehearsal after rehearsal. (laughs) Some of those things, I guess, stick in there. Uh, But you know, well, God doesn't like to have any fun. Well, then why does the Bible say that he sits in the heavens and he laughs? Why does the Bible say that Jesus has the oil of joy above anybody else? God is full of life and full of love and full of laughter. And God, I, I believe the Lord likes a good joke. And so, uh, but if you listen to the devil, and uh, the devil, uh, Ephesians tells us, is the God of this world or the God of this world's system. So if you listen to the world's system and what they have to offer, or you listen to uh, the thoughts that the devil would bring to you, uh, man, it'll always try to get you, and he will always try to get you going away from God, not going to God. But man's condition and man's problem was as soon as we uh, submitted to what the devil said, and we said, okay, I'll do that, and then we did it. You know, in Adam and Eve, we did it. Um, you know, one man sinned, but it came upon the whole human race. And so then we're living sin. We're living separated from God. Remember, the Lord said, uh, you know, they sowed fig leaves, and the Lord said, where are you? That's not because He didn't know where they were. He really wanted them to understand you have put a wall of separation in the relationship and in the fellowship. You have no idea what you've done. In that day, you will surely die. And when when you get involved with letting uh, the devil call the shots in your life or the world system call the shots in your life, uh, with the devil, you're on evil territory with the world you're on shaky territory. There's some things of the world that they have found out what some of the laws of God are and they come in line with those and they get some results. But if you're not going to do it God's way uh, you can't have His best because He watches over His word to perform His word. He, his desire is that all come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and every human being that has lived, that is living, or that will live would come to the fullness of the knowledge of Jesus Christ and be recreated again on the inside. In other words, uh, if you're not born again, then you're continually trying to do something to get to God. You're trying to accomplish something. Well, I'm going to live pure enough. I'm going to live right enough. I'm going to do this enough. And you can never do enough. Because the Bible says if you keep everything but you offend in just the littlest thing, you're guilty of the whole thing. And with a, with a sinful nature, you can't possibly do it. And so uh, uh, a couple years ago, we were um, riding bikes down on Hilton Head Island with the kids. And my daughter, Evie, uh, you know how the kids, they you have know, four kids. And they like to, everybody wants to be in front. Everybody wants to be in the front. So it was her turn to, uh, uh, well, actually, it wasn't her turn to be in front. It was our first time there. And so we didn't understand where the roads were and traffic crossing and everything. So to be safe. Uh, We decided I was going to be in the front. Well, my daughter, like, she keeps creeping up ahead, creeping up ahead, and she has a real sensitive heart. And, you know, I I said, Evie, you're you're not supposed to be in front. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Dad. I'm sorry, Daddy. And then she'd do it again. And, Evie, you're not supposed to be in the front. Oh, I'm sorry. And she would feel bad every time, but then she'd just go and do it. (laughs) So finally, like, after the third time, I said to her, I said, Evie, I said, you need to change your heart. Because as long as your heart is the same way, that you're just like, I just want to do what I want to do. I just want to do what I want to do. You're going to keep making the same mistake. I said, stop trying to fix the mistake. If you keep trying to fix the mistake, you're focusing on the mistake. You're going to go towards the mistake. But if you just take just a second right now, let's pray. Let's adjust your heart. And we did. And then she just followed right along behind. She didn't have to keep focusing on this mistake, this mistake, this mistake, this mistake. And we do the same thing in our walk with the Lord so many times, and we're not even uh, conscious that we're doing it. We're like, okay, well, Lord, I know to please you I need to do this, and to please you I need to do this, and to please you I need to do this. No, to please him, you need to go to Jesus with every single problem, every single situation, every single success. If you can just get to Jesus... The woman with the issue of blood, Mark chapter 5, verse 25, we see, we see the story of the woman with the issue of blood, and she is like, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Well, why did she do that? Well, she, um, she heard of Jesus, and she heard, she must have heard, uh, this man is healing people. People are being healed and people are being set free. And so she put her faith into action. She, and then she began to speak. The Bible says she kept speaking. Uh, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. If I can just touch the hem of his garment. Well, she goes to, to touch it. And what happens? Well, there's like crowds and crowds of people. like, And she can't hardly get through. So she came, the Bible says, uh, in the press behind. In other words, so she's like squeezing through here just to touch. And as soon as she touched... Power went out of Christ and into her, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague and that disease. And Jesus perceived that power had gone out of him because he turned around and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, "Um, can't you see? Like, there's a huge crowd. How am I supposed to tell you who's touching you? There's so many people. And um, the woman knew what had happened in her body. And the Bible says she was fearing and trembling because of that. And she said, uh, it was me. <laughs> I did it. And so the will of God and the plan of God for every area of our life is his kind of life and his kind of nature and his kind of results. But he cannot... Um, accomplish those until we receive Jesus Christ. When we receive Jesus Christ, we receive this life. This nature of God and this life of God comes to live on the inside of us. And now we have a different motivating factor that actually um, has power over your flesh and over your mind. Because before, right, we're, we're, we're uh, trying to do it without God and you try to overcome the flesh and, man, you keep doing the same thing, you do the same thing, you do the same thing. And, uh, you know, even once you're born again, the Bible teaches, uh, Paul said, I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So man is a three-part being. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So you are a spirit... You have or possess a soul, and you live in a body. So if you, if you are born again, and you have the life of God on the inside of you, and if you're born again here today, you may be thinking, then why in the world am I doing this? Why am I acting like this? Well, there's a couple reasons. If you don't be transformed by the renewing of your mind then the same old thoughts that you have in your mind, you're very likely to respond to those thoughts, and then you'll start speaking those thoughts, and you'll start acting what you're speaking. And if you don't keep your body under, Paul said, I keep my body under, I bring it into subjection, not even to himself, but he said, to the word of God. Lest I myself should be a castaway. Lest when I have preached to others, actually, he said, I myself should be a castaway. See, I don't have my Bible, so I'm, I'm, I have a Bible here, but I have to quote most of it. <laughs> I myself should be a castaway. But he, he keeps his, his body in check under what? Under the Word of God. And if you have lived in your body very long, you understand <laughs> that you have to have something that's more powerful than your body to keep your body in check. And so we learn in our faith series, one of the, one of the biggest parts of believing is, is, is using your willpower, or I could say as an act of your will. You ever heard the song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus? That is like That song is a confession of what you really have to do to come to Christ, and that is, um, I always make this like the, the man side, the flesh side, the world system side. So if you, you're attached here to the world system, and as an act of your will, you have to give up your self-will. In other words, I'm just going to do it my way, I'm just going to do it myself, I don't need anybody else. I don't need God. I don't need you. I don't need your money. I don't need your input. If you're not careful, that type of thinking and that kind of action will actually spill over into your relationship with the Lord, even when you're born again. And you'll be like, I don't really need your input. And the Holy Ghost is not a devil. The devil will force you, try to control you, but the Holy Spirit will give you a, a gentle push, um, prompting, and he, you, know, you, know, you shouldn't do that. That's not the best way. And so if you're, if you're too much um, stirred up and you're just like, I'm going to do it my way, you're going to miss the voice on the inside, which is like an inward witness, okay? Most of the time, the voice of the Lord, he, he can uh, and does sometimes, but the primary way that he speaks is what's called an inward witness. Still, small voice. So if you've got a still, small voice, like if, if I wasn't on the PA here, and I'm kind of like, hey, you should look behind you. There's $100. You can pick it up. Right? You can hear me because I'm on the PA. But if I'm saying that, and there's a lot of clutter chatter, excuse me, chatter going on and there's a lot of people. And um, if you don't pay attention, if you don't tune in to the sound of my voice, I could be giving you the very answer to your problem and you just go on about your life and say, doesn't he care? But our attitude towards the Lord so many times is the same way and he's doing the same thing. He's a still small, he speaks primarily in a still small voice. It's an inward witness and if you have not developed your spirit enough, you'll just go right on and miss it. Now, when you, as you progress and you grow in your relationship with the Lord, you'll look back and be like, oh, that was the Lord speaking to me. Uh, some of the greatest leadings uh, that I've had, you end up being unconsciously led by the Spirit of God. And because you, you just end up doing it and you're like, oh, why did I do that? And you look back, you're like, that was the Lord speaking to me. But you can develop your spirit so that you're more conscious and you're more aware of the Lord at any time. At any rate, you have to turn away from self will, doing it yourself, and from the world system, and you have to release that. I can't do that for you. God cannot do that for you. You can only do that for you. And then you turn to Jesus and you grab hold of Jesus Christ. That's called faith, that's called believing. In other words, I'm believing more than what, I, what I'm feeling, more than what I know. I believe God. So like you can be in a service, and an altar call can be happening, or the Lord can be speaking to you, and you know, you're know, you kind of like, well, uh, this doesn't make sense. Like I feel like I'm supposed to do something or respond, but, but um, that doesn't make any sense, so, so no, 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 and like... And then your thoughts will come like, "Oh, it's all faith. This is just a bunch of whatever." Da, 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 da. You know these thoughts. Why? The devil's trying to get a foothold. If he can get a foothold, if he can get place, if you give him place, then he has access and power over you. But you see, when you come to Christ, he loses all power over you. When you come to Christ, and when you live in Christ, as you have as you have received Jesus Christ so walk in him or so live in him. What does that mean? Well, a lot of times you have received Christ and um, you know on the inside something just happened. And the Bible says, actually, we know we've passed from death to life because we love the brethren. What does that mean? Well, because you have a love inside of you that you didn't have before. And so you know because of that love, something happened, right? Right? I just say, like, uh, I'm jerks without Jesus. So if I start to walk in the flesh and all this type of stuff, you'll notice you get more selfish, and you don't really care about other people, and you don't care what you do, how it affects other people. You're just looking to yourself. It's just me, 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 me. Well, you can do that and be a believer. And on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit, he's not going to go with that. He's like, kind of like, hey, Trying to nudge you like, this is not, you know, the Bible says the love of Christ constrains us. In other words, Eddie could try to constrain me, especially if he wasn't so tired. He could try to constrain me, but I might be able to, like, break away. Right? So if he tries to hold me back, I don't really want to do it because what if he, what if he, I could ruin the illustration. Like, you know, he... <laughs> But the love of God constrains us. In other words, it's trying to hold us back. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't go there. Don't do that. But the love of God does not um, control you. You have to yield to the love of God that is in you. And that love is part of zoe, the nature of God. God's nature is love. God himself, John tells us, he is love. And um, so we have to let that love... Dominate us. And uh, the way we do that is through the word of God and responding uh, to what uh, the Holy Spirit says. So I want to read um, a couple passages of scripture here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 8. And uh, this is known as the great love passage of scripture. And um, really, the whole chapter, Paul talks about the love of God. Okay, so when you're, when you're thinking about God and when you're thinking about love, we have to understand that this is not natural human love. And this does not come from yourself. This comes from God. In other words, Jesus said, we love... The hymn is actually supplied. We love because he first loved us. So if you're going to try to love somebody... You're gonna walk in love with somebody, then you you cannot do it in your own strength and be successful. You can only do it because He first loved you. Sometimes I think the reason uh, we don't end up telling more people about Jesus, if you're not telling people about Jesus, is because maybe you're not solid enough in your relationship with Him. Because as soon as you realize I have got life from another world on the inside of me, and this changes my perspective on everything, it's really hard not to tell someone. And so Paul, uh, in the New King James, it says, verse 4, Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Now, if you've ever tried to put that last, uh, the first part of um, 1 Corinthians 13, 8, uh, into practice, love never fails. Uh, Well, when I've done that, now I've learned, but especially when I first started doing that, uh, man, my head is like, this is not going to work. You have a really bad relationship with this person, and this is not going to... I'm like, well, this says love never fails. But So if I went by what my head said, I just wouldn't do it because I know this person too well, and I know their relationship too well, or I know their past problems and how they respond in certain situations too well. So if I'm going to go by my head, I'm not going to do it. But I, I, I... I <laughs> I know that the Lord knows more than what I do. That's why one of my very favorite verses is Psalm 119, verse 128, which says, I esteem your precepts above all else to be true. So then I esteem the pre. In other words, okay, Lord, I know you know more than I know. Right? Okay, we, we, we think that and we say that, and I'm not picking on you, but we say amen to that. But the question is, do we do it? So when something comes contrary, what do, how do we respond? Because what you really believe is what you're doing. And so, so uh, I started to establish that, uh, I guess, fairly early. And so while my head is like, this isn't going to do any good, I said, well, this is what the Bible says. And I have to act beyond my head. So you know what I actually do? It's an act of faith. I go beyond my natural ability, my natural thinking. The world system, according to the world system, my head is right. That will not work, but according to the word of God, it will work. Love never fails, and so then I take and I walk in love. Now, I want to read you Weiss translation of uh, 1 Corinthians. Uh, I'm going to read verse 1, uh, 13 verse 1, and then I'm going to read verse 4 through 8 again, but in the Weiss translation, and they call the Amplified Translation the woman's Bible, woman's translation, because it has more words. Right? If you had to see studies, the women have to release more words in a day than what most men do. And so they call that. Well, I call this the man's, the man's version, but I don't know why because it doesn't have less words. It might have more words than the, than the woman's version. But uh, I guess I just wanted a version that was amplified as well. <laughs> so he says, in the languages, verse, verse one, in the languages, if in the languages of men I speak and the languages of angels, but do not have love. And then he has brackets here. The Greek word used of God's love produced in the heart, listen to this, of the yielded saint by the Holy Spirit. What is a saint? A saint is someone who is born again. It may be someone that is a a statue somewhere if they were born again, but you don't have to have a statue. You don't have to be dead. You just have to be born again. Okay. God's love produced in the heart of the yielded saint. What does that mean? Well, you're letting this love dominate you. You're letting this love constrain you. A a love that impels one to deny himself for the sake of the loved one. A love that impels one to deny himself for the sake of the one loved. I'll read that again. It's a love that impels one to deny himself for the sake of the loved one. Okay, so you can see right away, this is different than uh, what our society calls love, right? There's, there's three main uh, words that are translated love in the New Testament. Uh, this word is the word agape, it's the God kind of love. Um, and then there is the word eros, which is a romantic sexual type of love. And there is the word phileo, which is like a friendly love or a family love. And so what most people would say is the love of God is a family love, like I love you like a sister or a brother. Um, And um, then you try to uh, operate in that kind of love, and that kind of love will fail. At some point, that kind of love will fail, but not the love of God. And so this kind of love impels you to deny yourself for the sake of the one loved. Now listen to this uh, translation of verse 4 through 8. Love meekly and patiently bears ill treatment from others. Now that may be just as far as we get today. Love meekly and patiently bears ill treatment from others. What does that mean? Well, when I was reading this uh, a few months ago, I had never read it in Wee's translation, and I read it. And um, I was like, meekly? What does that word mean? I never really looked up meekly. So I looked up meekly because it says, you know, Jesus was meek, and the meek shall inherit the earth. And the definition of meek, it really means you have all of this power and authority at your disposal, but you choose not to use it. Now, if there's anyone more meek than Christ, I don't know, because it says he laid aside his mighty power and glory and became as a man. And he said on the cross, I could call legions of angels at this moment but I am not. In other words, it sounds a lot like it impels one to deny himself for the sake of the loved one, right? In other words, it drives you. No, I'm denying myself because my love is directed towards you. I'm directing my love towards you. So this is not about me. This is about you. So love meekly Holding back what you could do, what you have the right to do, what you think you deserve, and patiently bears ill treatment from others. Well, they shouldn't have treated me that way. I can't they did that? Can you believe so-and-so did this? Can you believe they did that? And, you know, or uh, we could bring it home like maybe your husband or wife, like, you know, well, I'm a, as soon as they show, you know, like they honor me, or as soon as they show that uh, you know. They understand I sacrifice for them. They understand, like, I have, I have paid the price month after month and year after year, and I have been disciplined, and I have done this and I have done that. Well, as soon as they acknowledge that, then I'll do something. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says love meekly and patiently bears ill treatment from others. So love says, I don't care how you treat me. I don't care what rights I have. I'm not gonna exercise those rights I'm going to exercise my right to, as an act of my will, put my self-interest aside and put your best interest first. Uh, like I say, it's easy to say. Uh, it's a whole nother thing to walk out. But I will tell you, as you walk out that kind of love, something happens on the inside. It's like you feel enlarged on the inside and strengthened on the inside. And as soon as you take that step, man... The love of God can just take over. There was a, uh, one of my <laughs> favorite stories about the love of God is there's this woman that uh, Brother Hague was ministering to and um, she uh, had a child with epilepsy and uh, the child would go into these seizures and everything and so anyhow he, he went to minister to them and in the process uh, he found out, she said uh, he was preaching and uh, he was talking about love and uh, he said, uh, Uh, if you hate, you're not born again and you're going to hell. He said, if you hate your mother-in-law. and She came afterwards and she said, uh, long story short, for the sake of time, she said, I hate my mother-in-law. He said, well, then you don't have eternal life abiding in you, you're going to hell. He knew she didn't. But he's trying to get her to understand like, what's going on. So they went on and on. She graduated from Bible school and uh, so many different experiences. And so finally he said, he said, say I hate my mother-in-law and check down here. And uh, he, she did. And he said, what's happening? And she said, something's scratching me. Like I'm feeling like uh, discomfort in here. He said, yeah, that's the love of God trying to constrain you because you really do love your mother-in-law. You just don't feel like you do. And she said, what am I supposed to do? He said, well, he said, act like you do because you really do. In other words, faith is simply acting on the word of God. Like love never fails. So if you put this kind of love, I should say agape never fails. So there's no lack of understanding. Agape never fails. And so if you put this kind of love into practice, it does not fail. So she made a, a little dinner and everything and invited her mother-in-law over for dinner and you know, acted like she loved her mother-in-law. And she said, you know, everything turned out wonderful. I really do love my mother-in-law. Well, what happened? Well, she was living out of her flesh and her unrenewed mind and trying to live the Christian life. You're going to fail doing that. I can't do that. If you renew your mind, you can respond to your renewed mind but if you try to respond to your unrenewed mind or the 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 strong desires of your flesh, uh, uh, you know the Bible says you'll surely die. Probably uh, not the same exact, but similar to how Adam and Eve died. You won't be like separated from God like that, but in that area you will be. The power of God will not uh, have access to touch that part of your life because you're you're on the devil's territory. And so uh, many times, even walking in health and walking in God's best blessings, the reason we don't is we, we take a step out of love, and we're where God can't bless us. He wants to. He's already paid for it. He's already accomplished it. But when we get out of love, he doesn't operate out of love. Do you understand? He is love. And so if you're expecting him to operate in your relationship, if you're expecting him to operate in your place of business, if you're expecting him to operate uh, in any part of your life that your life touches, and you get out of love, God is love. Love is not there. Well, but I thought God's on the inside of me. He is on the inside of you, and he's knocking, trying to get out. He's saying, hey, dummy. Like, wake up. The reason he would say, hey, dummy, uh, to fix myself. The reason he would say that is dumb means you're not speaking. And so you're not speaking from the love that is on the inside of you, from the word of God that is on the inside of you. And if you say, I love my mother-in-law, and she don't have to be there for that. You can say, mom, I love you. You know, I do love my mother-in-law, Bobby. Um, <laughs> but you could say, if you're struggling in that area, which I'm not, I love my mother-in-law. Well, you got to say that because people see it, and then they say, and then they're like, oh, do you have trouble with your mother-in-law? And you know, Your mother-in-law is like, people are going to think like, no, no, it's okay. But you just declare it. You know, it's a, probably our next series we're going to do, you know, which is your, your voice of authority. As soon as you declare something in line with the word of God out of your heart, not your head, your head may want to like smack your mother-in-law, but I'm talking not there, your heart. Your heart loves your mother-in-law. Your heart loves your boss. Your heart loves your husband, loves your wife, loves your friends. But you speak it out of your heart. No, I have the love of God. In fact, this is how I think about them. So I love my mother-in-law. And then you do actions that follow. Do you know, like when I say that, like I said, I don't have trouble with my mother-in-law, but anyhow, even saying that, right now in this pulpit, or behind this pulpit, whatever, on the side, the second I say that, I sense a power that is beyond myself right there to do something for my mother-in-law. Why? Because faith speaks, and faith has a voice, and your belief has a voice. If you, and I'll finish with this. If you come to Jesus Christ, if you want to come to Jesus Christ, this would be like a combined altar call and finish of the message. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. No, I'll do that one backwards, don't I? With the... <laughs> I'm going With the mouth... Uh... Does anybody know why I do that every time? With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession, thank you, is made unto salvation. So with the heart, man believes to being what's righteousness? Right with God. So with the heart, man believes to be right with God, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And confession, you should really think of it as declaration. In other words, I believe Jesus, I'm declaring Jesus is my Lord. And I am now born again. Until I say that, I mean, I've already been born again, but until I say that, until you say that, if you're not born again, until somebody that's not born again says that, uh, they would have no perception that they're born again, that they have the love of God on the inside of them because with um, the mouth, confession is made unto. But it's the mouth hooked up to the heart, not hooked up to the head. Stand with me if you would. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is alive and powerful, that your word can penetrate beyond our experiences, beyond our things that have hurt us and beyond things that we have done to ourselves and beyond things that we have done to others. Father, we look to you and to your spirit to open up to us your word, to open up to us the realm of your spirit, Father, that we could live and move and breathe and find our being in Christ, that we could live a life that goes beyond uh, what the world could bring or could offer, that we could live a life that goes beyond what we ourselves could accomplish, but we can live a life under the power and the anointing which you and you alone can give. In the name of Jesus, every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, or maybe you're here and you were living for God, but you've gone out of fellowship with Him, you'd like to come back. If that's you here this morning or online, I'd like to ask you just to raise your hand. i love to pray with you and for you. In a second a time, split instant, you'll be right with God living for God, full of life, full of love, full of purpose. While we wait in the presence of God for a moment, if you're watching online and that's you, I invite you to email us at info at anchordc.org. Jesus loves you. He died for you. He paid the price for you. He has a plan for your life. You're not here just to simply exist, but you're here to have real life, real love, and real purpose. Email us at info